This is the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast. Here's your host, Corey Tusick. This is the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Tusick. On today's episode, I spoke with Dennis Porter. Uh, Dennis, you might have seen him online uh, talking about talking on Twitter. Um, his handle is at the machine built. He has a podcast called Smart People Shit. Um, and he's been in the Bitcoin space here for probably uh, four ish years, a little bit more maybe. Um, so I had him on because I wanted to get, you know, another, he's, uh, you know, a newer podcaster, um, but he's been in the space longer than I am. So I wanted to get some of his perspective there. Um, and also, uh, you know, we had a good conversation about what it's like to do that. And then also his, um, smart people shit show has a little bit of a, a health appeal to it um, where you know he talks about like uh, kind of like biohacking and stuff like that um, and it's helped him get through um, you know epilepsy and stuff like that and deal with all that so um, yeah I thought we had a good conversation it was fun to you know hear his perspective and thoughts on things that are going on in the Bitcoin world um, you know and, and uh, also kind of antagonizing Elon and stuff like that so but uh, I hope you enjoy the show. If you want to reach out on Twitter, it's at Bitcoin Simply. In the email, if you email me, um, it's Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks. So your girls from, uh, went to Shippensburg, which is by Yeah, Pittsburgh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then you're, are you born, are you born and raised West Coast or you yep. transplant? Yep. Uh, Portland, born in Portland, lived in, lived in Vancouver, up, up north of that across the river in Washington for most of my life till I was about 16. Uh, then I lived in, we moved to Juarez, Mexico for three years, my family. Okay. Um, they were, they were, they, they do missions. They have done missions. They are still doing missions. We lived there for three years there, but, but now, now they live down in El Salvador, but now I'm back up in, um, after that, I moved back up to, uh, to Portland and I've pretty much been here the whole time since then. And uh, so I guess you've been going out at night and, you know, taking nice leisurely walks around the city the last year or so. <laughs> yeah, that's about all you could do. I got into bike riding for a little while. My buddy was a big cyclist. So and lots of cycling roads and uh, paths out here. So I, I got one of those uh, road bikes and the spandex and just started hauling around, having fun. Uh, but got <laughs> dude, honestly, I. I kind of stopped biking though. Cause it's so dangerous. It's, inc- oh, yeah. it's incredibly dangerous. Um, I got so hit you'd by have a car. To like have a, you'd have to have like a Molotov cocktail with you just like, so that people would think you're like <laughs> in with like the riots exactly. and everything. So, yeah, okay, yeah, and he's cool. Not only are they trying to drop, run you over, um, <laughs> just regularly in whatever city you are in. Cause people just hate bicyclists wherever yep. you go. And the bigger the truck too, the worse it gets. Uh, and, but in Portland, there were some times when I'd be riding around and I mean, you're, you look like you have money when you have a bike and you're in spandex, no matter how you could have a, the most garbage bike and the most garbage spandex. And you know, you're driving next to a guy that's living in a tent and he's they're eyeballing you. Oh, one, yeah. time, one time we were riding through downtown. My buddy just took the wrong turn. And I mean, everybody was staring at us. I was like, dude, we need to get out of here right now. Yeah. Yeah. We made, we just entered the opening scene of an NCIS or something like that. (laughs) No, you got it exactly right. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It got pretty bad here for a while over in Portland. So uh, we had lots of riots, lots of, I mean, I was lucky to never have us get targeted because they would pretty much just target anybody that got in their path. Yeah. Yeah. That's what was there. There was a little bit of one last, uh, last summer in Pittsburgh. 
for like a week or like there was like one day and it was so bad. And um, I had kind of been planning on um, buying some more like ammo and, and adding to my stockpile, <laughs> if you will. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. My second amendment stockpile. Yes. Uh, it's when that happened. I was like, well, I was like, let me go to the store the next day. And like, I walked in, I got to the store. It was like a sporting goods store, not like a, a gun store. Got there five minutes after it opened, and it was a like Tuesday morning or something. And the line was like seven deep. Everybody that was in there was all back at like the the yeah. firearms, and I was just like, and it was you know like black, white, Indian, like you know I mean like and the more people came behind me, and we were just all sitting there looking at each other, like oh, yeah. shrugging, like yeah, shit's crazy, man. Like, I don't know what. To- <laughs> But I'm about uh, handling this, you know. I'm not gonna sit around and just let people come after me. Of course, no. Yeah, you gotta, you got to, you know, if you have the ability to defend yourself, then you definitely need to. I, I same thing happened here in Portland. It was, I mean, ammo was sold out pretty much instantaneously. We, my buddy actually was really good. I had a friend. I have a friend who's kind of like always. He kind of always has his finger on the pulse and knows what's coming. So we went early before the the line started. And we were able, but they were still only selling like limited amounts. Like you could only get one box yeah. of one type of ammo. Um, not like a small one, like a, like a big box of, um, of ammo. And then we were, then shit started taking off and we were like going back to get more and it was gone and it was game over. And all the, yeah. all of the home defense stuff was just completely sold out. So, yeah, yeah it's a, uh, it's crazy times we live in. Um, it's funny. I have, I have a friend yeah. in like, I mean, he's like incognito, so like he doesn't exist on the internet. Um, <laughs> and he nailed COVID. He nailed it in January of 2020. Yeah. And he was like, dude, like this is coming. And he was like kind of freaking out. He was like, why is nobody talking about this? You know, he was like, this is going to be a big deal. And then once it got here and we saw that it wasn't like people dropping dead in the streets. You know, he was like, I mean, we need to, you know, take precautions and like be careful, you know, but like, you know, it's, it's, he's like, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I, I told him, I, or I texted him like when during like the first two weeks of lockdown, I said, so what's next? And he <laughs> like, he predicted like everything. Like me and him recently went back nice. and looked at the text and he was like, and he called the riot. He was like, he was like, I don't know what it's going to be over, but there, but the unrest will come from people sitting in. He's like one of the smartest people I know. And um, he was like, people sitting in their houses, paranoia, all that kind of stuff will be rising up. And then there will be something that sets that lights the match and there will be, you know, widespread riots and unrest in the streets. And, and I was like, well, all right, he nailed that. Like, so now I'm just like, I like, look at him like, Hey, anything else going on? You yeah, yeah. Me about? Like, <laughs> Let me know. Just shoot me. Just, you should just do a newsletter real quick and have it, you know, put it out once a week and let us know what, what's going to happen. What's coming up. Yeah, I was like, you know, it, it, you never know, too. Like, I was like, is he going to because like uh, that you saw with like, I'm sure you saw that that person on 4chan that posted and said that they were like predicting the the um, sell off a couple days ago. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and they like predicted it like perfectly to the exact number even. Yeah. Did you see is yeah. that what you're talking about? Yep. Yeah. And it's like. So you look at those and you're like, okay, were you really good at nailing it? Like, let me hear your next idea. Cause it's like, if they're like, all right, well, you know, president Zorp is going to, you know, come out through the ground and, you know, absorb us all through, you know, plasma <laughs> rays and stuff will be like, all right, like, all right. I, you were, you were, you nailed one thing, but uh, 
but yeah. So, I mean, what do you think about what's going on right now, man? It's, it's uh, pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, I love it. I'm a big fan of FUD. Uh, I like think that it brings a lot of eyeballs into the marketplace. Uh, 2017, you know, I mean, we got the China FUD. We got the mm-hmm. energy FUD. Uh, I mean, 2017 was when I came around and I, I was an offline person at first and have been for pretty much this whole time. But I, but I jumped online to kind of watch the conversation and see what was happening because I was really concerned. I was like, I just got into this thing. And now it's like the whole thing's exploding. So mm-hmm. I jumped online, jumped on Reddit, and I read the arguments that people were making. I read both sides with an open mind just because I, no, I was no, so new to Bitcoin. I had, just, I had just gotten into it, but I didn't really understand it to, at all. I just thought that it was cool for banking beyond banked. You know, I was listening to Andreas and you know, NGU technology. I always love that. But I read the arguments and someone who I, I consider myself a critical thinker, I was able to look at them and go, I believe you know, it was big box versus small blocks. I'm like, I believe we need to have small blocks. I believe we need to maintain decentralization. I think that's the most important part, arguably one of the most important parts of Bitcoin. Otherwise, everything else falls, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing is going to happen today, but you're going to see other people come into the Bitcoin community. So that's why I'm very excited because this that's what brought me in in 2017. I think you're going to see Bitcoiners who are very great at fighting and making arguments and have some of the best arguments and some of the brightest people in the world, in my opinion, working to defend it. And I think that you're going to have people that are on the other side, like the whatever it is. I'm not saying the other side technically even really, but people that don't think Bitcoin is, is good right now, maybe, or maybe they just bought into Bitcoin, mm-hmm. but, they, but they have an affinity for some of this environmental, um, for some of what the environmentalists are pushing. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that they, that's very important to them, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to read the arguments back and forth, and they're going to be even more convinced and they're going to become long-term hodlers because you, as you know, and as you've seen in the arguments that are being put forth about Bitcoin, it's, it's actually going to drive, in my opinion, I don't know what yours is. I'm sure it's probably pretty, probably pretty similar, but mm-hmm. Bitcoin is going to drive a revolution in green energy production and renewable energy production, my opinion. I think we already see that happening. I think you see a lot of miners moving towards renewable and green energy, because as everyone knows, those are the cheapest forms of energy on the planet and miners don't care. They only want cheap energy. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to see more and more things move that way. Also with what's going on with the flared gas, we're actually eliminating carbon. Well, it would would be methane, right? But which is even worse for the environment. It's 25 times, 24 times worse for uh, as a greenhouse gas emission, greenhouse gas, it's much more potent. And we're going to be, we are eliminating that as a problem because with the flared gas, even when you burn it off, it's, you know, you're only sometimes only getting as much as 30%. Mm -hmm. And these oil and gas providers have to shut down. I mean, it's, I think in my opinion that when all the arguments are laid on the table as they already are being right now and outsiders and people that are inside who have an affinity for that issue are going to look at the arguments and are going to go, holy shit, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to the energy sector. Mm-hmm. No, no guilt or shaming people into le- using less um, or reducing their carbon footprint. It could ever have an impact that this sort of an incentive, I, in my opinion, I believe will have mm-hmm. an impact. Yeah. I think that like part of it is like, it's almost like the FUD 
instead of two steps forward, one step back, it's one step back, two steps forward. So mm-hmm. it's like the FUD comes at you and like tries to scare everybody, but, and it does initially, but then enough people get educated, enough smart people are like, wait a minute, like this, you know, they can shoot holes through the, all the arguments and be like, yeah, this mm-hmm. is baseless. Like, and so then, then they take two steps forward because you now have a new group of people, like you said, that have now been solidified as, as hodlers. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with that sentiment. And I think, you know, I also love buying it cheaper. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Like for, if, for the market, drop that price down. I mean, that's the thing, right. Too, is like, once you understand Bitcoin, you, you, you don't care then the price goes down anymore. Once you've been into the full cycle, especially for a full cycle, like I have now, uh, you really just don't care anymore. You're uh, mm-hmm. partly because you're so protected by so much, you know, of a price barrier, right. Mm-hmm. That it's not that big of a deal to you, but also because you're just like super stoked to buy cheap sats. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have like a huge buy order sitting at 32 five, just I'm praying. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to spend, I'm going to buy it anyways, Drop. drop but drop. yeah, it's like, <laughs> I was like, let's just see if people get scared enough. Cause I don't care if I buy it at like 45 or 50, you know, I'll buy it at sure. whatever pr- price. But, um, but you know, I figured I was like, let's just throw that there let it sit and see what happens. You know, like, I hope I'm just waiting one of these days. I'll like go to sleep and wake up and see like a nice wick that just went down, yep. picked up my buy order and then turned right around. Um, I've had a couple of those and those are always great. Um, so it, how did you, Dennis, how'd you get into, um, Bitcoin, you know, like you said, you meant you came in in 2017, right? Yeah, it was just some random dude that wasn't my friend at the time started telling me how, you know, with what was going on with the, um, what is it called? The website that you could buy Silk Road, oh, right? No. Silk yeah, Road. yeah, Silk Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he was telling me about Silk Road and how people were using anonymous money. And I thought, wow, that's pretty incredible because I'm not a tech guy, but I understand that you generally can't be anonymous on the internet. And although, you know, obviously I, as I started to research it, I realized that that was not a very accurate statement, but um, it's more, you know, what I say, pseudonymous and you Mm -hmm. you can maintain your anonymity, but it's, but it's more difficult than, than most people originally perceived. So I started researching it in 2017 and immediately I was sold. Immediately I was, I was like, holy shit, this is the greatest thing that's ever been invented. I didn't fully understand to obviously I, even today, I think I, I'm learning more and more every day from some of the brightest people in this space and trying to grow my understanding of this technology. But I've come to the conclusion that it's the greatest invention in human history. Mm-hmm. No, I, that I, wasn't I, in 2017. That wasn't that where I was at. I was just at the, you know, this is great for banking the unbanked. This is yeah. NGU technology. And that's great. Let's go. Those are two, those are good enough for me to get started on my rabbit hole. So you, uh, did you buy in at the peak or how did you get in early enough? I got in early enough and then also bought all the way up. So you did buy, yeah. So you had some. Every every little dip and every little everywhere. It was all over the place and just was just taking any little dry powder that was coming in and just slamming it in. I just didn't care. I didn't, because I was so new too. I thought I was like, this is it. We're, We're going yeah, we're never coming back. <laughs> like, I nobody had come up with the term super cycle yet, but we were talking about hyper Bitcoinization was was happening, and you know, you had John McAfee talking about eating his dick if it went to or something like that. If it went to a million, I, I can't <laughs> if it didn't go to a million or something like that. But um, but uh, yeah. So then we 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 get all the way to the top, and there's all this you know there's all of this excitement, and 
price starts dropping and I was kind of with everyone else. I was like, oh, this is just another correction. And then the realization starts to set in and you were like, okay, okay. So this is not a straight upward line. And unfortunately for me, I wish I had been a little better about being mentally ready for that Mm -hmm. because when the bear market came and it lasted so long, I just, I didn't think it was going to last that long. I, I could have put myself in a position to become more productive and make some more money and buy some more cheap sats, which I really missed out on the bear market. And that's why I'm, you know, secretly hoping and praying for another prolonged bear market before we actually get to the super cycle or hyper Bitcoinization, because I want, I am trying to reboot some stuff so that I can bring in more revenue um, and buy more cheap sats, hopefully this time around. I mean, I still consider it cheap, but you know what I mean? I, I just don't want it to go to a million or, you know, 200, yeah. 200,000 or a million. All of a sudden it's like, wow, it's just has such, the amount I'm buying at that point has such a small impact on my, on my stack. Oh yeah. If I could get, if I could get rates for like, if we could stick at 40 K for the next like two years, I'm happy, you know, then I'll feel like I'll, I'll have been able to stack like close, not like an, not like an original, like an OG, but you know, well, of course, um, you know, maybe stack as well as somebody in like 2016 or something like that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, shaking out the couch cushions and, you know, as <laughs> yeah. we speak and like, exactly, just, you know, looking at everything, like, do I need that anymore? Like, no, let's get rid of it. Um, yeah. It's just, crazy. I'm the same dude. I realized the other day I, I haven't bought new shoes for like, like two, three years, which I used to buy new shoes, like every month I'd buy a new pair of shoes. And I started to notice that my shoes weren't cool anymore. My buddies, my buddy is like the shoe <laughs> guy. Right. And we'd always buy shoes. And then all of a sudden I realized I'm like, man, shoes have come a long way. Like I missed a few cycles of shoes here because they look way different now. <laughs> That's the first yeah. time it ever happened to me. I noticed that I have old, uh, old dad shoes basically now. I know that's what, like, I'll just never buy the white new balance. Um, you know, like, <laughs> Settle. The, did you ever see that old? I think uh, I have new balances on right now, actually. Oh, no, they're A6. Okay, good. What are they called? Yeah. Oh, funny. That's funny. A6. Um, they're not, yeah. they're not like uh, pure white, are they? Like, no, nah, they're not pure white. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when you get to like the pure white with like jean shorts. Yep. <laughs> then you're just like, at that point, you've given up. Um, although I wear Crocs. Like I'm, I'm a violator of the croc. Uh, I, I wear Crocs all the time. And it drives my wife nuts. Like she's like, they, they last forever terrible. though. Oh yeah. They're great. Like durable. I my last pair. I literally had them for 12 years. Like, wow. Okay. And she just kept. So what, what happened was that they, over the last summer wore through on the bottom. So I had holes in the bottom and she was like, all right, we're getting rid of these. And I just was kind of teasing her. I was like, no, nah, we're not getting rid of them. We're keeping those Crocs. Um, and uh, sure enough, they were in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> no, does your wife, does she, does she throw stuff away? If it, it, things like that, where she was like, this is like, because it, it had, it legitimately had holes in the bottom oh, okay. of the shoe. And like, whenever that first happened, I was, I just was kind of teasing her. I was like, I'm not getting rid of them. So I wore them for like yeah. another week you know, like to prove her wrong. I was like, I don't care that my feet are on the ground right now, you know? And, and then uh, I went to take the garbage out and they were in there. I was like, Oh, I guess that happened. Yep. Well, I was going to say, cause my, my, my girlfriend, we've been together forever, but she just, she 
she throws everything out of mine. If I, she'll throw, throw stuff away all the time. So I was just wondering if I had found someone else with the same affliction. No, no, she does. Like if she, she loves throwing stuff away. It's yes, that's the, that's what I'm saying. That's the same with I my actually, girlfriend. I was like, I've avoided, and we never watched Marie Kondo. Um, the you know the what was it the minimalist or whatever. Where no, like, she does can't this bring, you, bring Does this bring you joy? Does this spark joy in your life? And she kept saying like when that was popular, she's like, we should watch that. And I was like, yeah, this should maybe watch The Office or something Dude, instead. She dodged a bullet, man. Oh, that, she, like, Marie Kondo was like running our house for probably six to twelve months. We were folding our uh, shirts in a certain way. And I was like, Dude, I just can't do this anymore. We were throwing stuff out. I mean, we threw out garbage bag after garbage bag of stuff that wasn't bringing us joy. Yep. Um, it got to a point where I was definitely starting to lose joy over the process of <laughs> constantly throwing stuff away. Yeah, I was brutal. I'm like terrified because right now we're at the, at the very beginning of building a house. And, um, and so that, like, we're not going to move right away um but that means we have a prolonged period of time where we know we're moving so it's just going to be like like once that shovel hits the dirt to break ground on the house i feel like it's going to be like six to eight months of just like purging everything in our house yep and i'm just gonna have to like like tape me and the dog and the kids down to the floor so that like we don't get swept up in the you know (laughs) tornado that comes through and that's um, hilarious yeah, we yeah. just we just moved. We just bought a house. Um, that was a horrible experience. Oh my god! Did First, you buy it during this bull, like this phase of like everybody going yeah. crazy and spending? Everybody buying houses. Millennials just were like, "Wait, we need to." I want to buy. You know, I think that what happened was for the first time ever, millennials realized that bad things can happen. Um, yeah. I, you know, I mean. T- 2008, we weren't really old enough to experience the weight of that. I I think it was difficult in the sense that it was hard to get a job and to get paid well, but you know, you didn't really have anyone that was depending on you. We didn't have kids yet. Most of us anyways, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm on the older side of millennials, but there are some that are a little bit older than me that might've had kids at the time, but, but we didn't have any, like, there was nothing depending on us. There was no, we weren't that worried. We were just like, all right, well, cool. I'm, it's hard to get a job, whatever. Right. But now it's like, we have jobs, we have kids, we have families. Some of us have homes, we have careers and we have a vision of where our life is supposed to go. And I think for a lot of us, that was traumatically for some broken because they realized that you can't just perfectly plan your future out or, and, or for some who weren't planning at all is even worse. Right. Cause they were like, yeah. just their whole life was, you know, term, turned upside down. A lot of people were not saving uh, I'm a big fan of saving, have been a big fan of saving for a very long time now. And mm-hmm. I think though that this, it really woke them up though. And they, they realized, okay, I need to like, not just have a vision, but I need to like have the base layer uh, fundamentals necessary in order to build and continue upwards, even if something bad were to happen. So a lot of millennials, I think got really interested in the idea of becoming stable and having stability in their life. And mm-hmm. that included buying a house. That's why I think there was this, just this craze of buying homes because it's yours. You have it. You're in it. No one can take it away from you. Um, obviously, unless you screw your finances up. But mm-hmm. it, I think that a lot of them became really wanted to settle down almost like it was this, mm-hmm. big, this big moment for us. So we decided to, yeah, we, we wanted to buy a house for a long time. We were going to move up the hill, but then 
after this little vacation that we had, we realized that we liked being closer to stuff. So we moved really close in town and Mm. I love it. I think it's great. Um, yeah, we got really lucky. We got a house that is in a really desirable neighborhood and usually there's an absolute war over those homes, but this home for some reason had, I don't know what it was. If you hit that right sweet spot, um, you know, you like, if you get a little bit above the, you know, what I would say, like the, the normal target for like upper middle class, I feel like when I was looking at the market, if you get like a little bit above that, there's not as many people buying. It's Um, a huge difference. You're right. And whereas there's a, a big difference, like what I feel really bad for. And I mean, you know, I just let people, if somebody asked my opinion, I'd give it to them, but like, you know, it, people live their life, make their own decisions. But like, you know, I feel like in some of the suburbs where like houses are more affordable and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you're seeing a lot of first time home buyers that are coming in, you know, in a range of ages, you know, they could be, you know, in their thirties down to, you know, like right out of college, but first time home buyers, you know, so they're getting FHA loans where they only have to put down like what 3% or something it's, like that. It's something low. I didn't even know you could do it that low. Um, and you know, it's like, well, where did they recently get an influx of, I don't know, four or $5,000. It's like, Oh, the money printer. That's where that came from. That's a good you point. Know? You know, they got that. So it's like, so they're able to lock themselves into these things that it's like, God, I don't know if you can afford that, but like, I hope I, I'm just like a hopeful person. So I'm like, I hope it works out for everybody, but um, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, there's some kind of uh, bubble burst. I don't know if we'll go into like the, you know, default and foreclosure. Cause I think at this point, the money printer exists to a level that it'll just print everybody out of default and foreclosure and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, I, I assume then you were a fan of the movie, the big short, you know, um, you're going to probably find this criminal, but I haven't watched it yet. Oh my God. So good. <laughs> Everybody keeps telling me to watch it. I'm just going to wait until the whole world is depending on me to watch this movie and then I'll watch it. And then I can report back to everyone. It's and so it, good. It's like, I've heard that it is yeah. literally, it's like a yearly watch for me. Um, and yeah, we uh, just even like during a business call the other day, we like somehow got on the subject of like Steve Corral's character and how phenomenal he is. And like, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I was, uh, I was curious cause you know, Michael Burry uh, is shorting yeah. Tesla and you know what are your thoughts on our buddy elon and all the things that he's done lately oh i mean i i i like i like the fact that he is bringing so much attention to the market that's you know they say any any press is good press so that's that's good uh, but in the long term, I guess you could say that, but in the short term, it's kind of frustrating because I have friends and family that are constantly calling me, asking me why the smartest man in the world is doesn't like Bitcoin anymore. What what happened? Um, should I start the selling? That tweeted at Adam back and said, "Like you don't know anything. Elon's so smart. How could you like talk oh against God. him?" And it was like somebody was like Adam back, who was literally cited in the white paper for Bitcoin by Satoshi. Yeah, <laughs> he don't he know knows. nothing. Yeah, he's clueless. Um, I think that's happened a couple times with Adam, just because he's so um, he's, he's so well known. Yeah, he's so well known though in the in the Bitcoin community, but I don't think he's he, he doesn't get nearly as much credit as he deserves. No, no, definitely not. I mean, I, I, most people have no clue who he is, which maybe he probably prefers it that way. 
but um he should everybody should know who he is he's he, oh yeah i mean he was also what he 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 created like one of the cryptocurrencies that was predated bitcoin mm-hmm. that led to I, bitcoin success was right it, was it was it b b cash or did you catch which one he did was it um, e, e, to e something e cash yeah I can't remember the name. Sorry, Adam. We it's probably blasphemy that yeah. we don't know that right now. But, but yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's a pivotal, he's like he's a pivotal. rock star in in Bitcoin. But outside of yeah. Bitcoin, it's like you know this person like that worships Elon. Like has no idea. Yeah, I've said before. I tweeted this out that Elon's forty chess. Uh, his 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 greatest accomplishment is convincing like half the planet that he can do no wrong. I mean, yeah. he he really has people convinced that he can't make bad decisions, which is great for him, but um, I, it's, it's insane really when you think about it. Um, he doesn't, either he doesn't understand Bitcoin or he, like I said, he could be intentionally 40 chessing for, you know, trying to bring eyeballs. Maybe he just understands it's the way, maybe he's so smart and we're all just, you know, we all just need to bask in his glory, but I, I don't, I don't like it. I think that he, He's definitely putting words in the mouths of the people that are going to want to, that are getting ready to attack Bitcoin next, which is the, the energy people, the energy FUD people, the eco environmentalists that want to make sure that we don't use any energy whatsoever and that you're somehow evil if you, if you use Bitcoin. I think that that's a real, you know, that's a real fight. And I think that we're going to have to deal with the public blowback which i don't you know i mean bitcoin will survive and it'll it'll carry on i'm not worried about that but it's not going to be fun to have to deal with people trying to shame me and guilt me for being a bitcoiner after especially after i've become so public about it so i'm not mm-hmm. a big fan of that aspect of it I, I i do think though he did trigger the conversation which you know you could say that's a good that's a good thing but i would have rather um i would have rather and not been done in that manner. I just think the comments that he made are, are highly, they're going to lead a lot of people astray, especially when it comes to the Dogecoin stuff. It, I tried to tell the Doge people, like the Doge people were trying to talk to me. And I was like, you guys, listen, you, you, you really can't do this stuff on the base layer. It doesn't matter that you have 10 times more, whatever, hundred times more like global payments don't work on the base layer. And you have no developers working on on doing a layer two or any other solution to fix this problem. So a lot of people are, you know, buying into Doge and thinking that it's going to be the future because Elon said so. So it's, that's yeah. kind of unfortunate because it's, it's, it's physically not possible that it can be the future. And, and how embarrassing is it for him to talk about, like come out and say, I'm working with Doge developers. And then like, he has no idea that people can actually look up and see if any developers have been working on it. Like there is none. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, dude, you don't even know that it's possible for people to call you on your BS. Like, you know, right. That's, that's such a blind spot for somebody that, you know, is coming into this space um, where I feel like, cause I'm, you know, basically as far as investing class of 2020 um, and it's like, we're coming in on this, like, crash course and there's just so much information that's out there yeah. and we have we have such an advantage to everybody else that came before because we can it, yes. pick it up quicker um mm-hmm. but like for people like me it's like i'm picking up a lot but i'm also like very wary of like even saying anything like i like understand it or as if i know what i'm talking about because i really right. don't you know and um 
And I think it's like a virtue of, you know, like understanding, like one of the smartest things you can do is be willing to know the, or like understand that you're not always the one that has the answer. You don't know everything, you know? Um, And uh, so I, I see a lot of smart people getting into Bitcoin that are doing that, like sitting there, not saying anything, learning, absorbing. And then you have smart people who maybe it's the hubris that gets in the way and they just have, have to, you know, show off how smart they are. And it's like, dude, you really should probably spend like a year or two just kind of laying low reading about this. And, and then you'll yes. see, cause he's, he's going to be so embarrassed if he, at a later date, when he looks back on all the stuff he's spewing out, in my opinion. Yeah. I think that you'll see, uh, you'll see him back he'll he'll walk it back in a way where it'll look like he was oh he's planning this from the beginning so i think for the most part i don't think he'll lose any more followers um i he'll 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 be like oh see i was 40 chessing this whole time the the other point that you made though which i think was really important was is yeah if you if you're coming on the space and you think you're a smart person or maybe you just perceive that you are generally smarter than the masses good that's great well you should take your smart um, and use it to study Bitcoin and research it and understand it on a deep level before you start speaking about it. Cause you're going to make, you're going to say something that's going to make you look like a total dumbass. Uh, I've, I still say stuff that makes me look like a total dumbass and I've been more or less researching Bitcoin every day for the last four years, which is also why I'm glad I never decided to become super public about Bitcoin or to go online and start talking about it until now, because now I kind of have an understanding of how the whole thing works, how the system works, how the eco space works, how the, how the community works and functions. And mm-hmm. the best thing you can do is to just stay humble and stack sats and continue to learn about Bitcoin. Uh, I try to just, I try to do that every day. And then I spend a lot of time now on, I've been doing Twitter recently. I, I, re- I was researching Twitter for some time as well, too. I've always found Twitter very fascinating and I've been able to use it very effectively to talk about Bitcoin. And I, I, I like that platform. And I, I just think that I would have said a lot of but it's like etched in stone, right? I think I would have said a lot of stupid stuff that mm-hmm. could have, you know, make me look, not just make me look bad, but, you know, spread false information. I just don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of, of spreading false information around Bitcoin. I, I, I don't, I really hate the idea of causing someone to lose money. I, and that's one of the biggest problems I have with what Elon did was that he's going to lead people down a path that will cause them to get wrecked. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, that's like you in your hesitation to go like public about it is exactly how I felt, but I kind of like the reason I decided to do the podcast was I was like, I'm going to learn in public and Mm -hmm. but like also do my best to not be an arrogant ass about it like elon you know and you know because in theory you could say he's learning in public too um but i think that there's gonna be a lot of us that are that are doing this so yeah i i was like invited on a comedian uh that i know his podcast that uh called cash daddies that um you know they talk about investing and or whatever and like he was like you know bitcoin i was like yeah yeah you know i mean i know it so then he introduced me as like the Bitcoin expert. I was like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. Like, <laughs> like during the, during the podcast. I think I heard I like, that part. I look, I was looking it up to see if you had made any appearances. Oh yeah. That, that was yeah. a fun, that was a fun episode that you, if, those, those guys are kind of funny, but yeah, it was, 
Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. That was never be, never be seen as the expert. Sorry. Go ahead. I just thought it was, yeah. like, I mean, I was a no, good episode. No, yeah. Listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. That was whenever I got to make my comparison of um, comparing Ethereum to Hydrox cookies and like Oreos <laughs> are Bitcoin and they were like, cause people were willing to pay less money to have a cookie that tastes like shit. Um, and uh, that really got a lot of the altcoin crowd riled up. Like I got like, that was the first time I got called a maxi pad. Um, oh yeah. I've gotten that one a few times. So I've, I've gotten some memes written about me for sure. Well, cause I went, I went on a Twitter rage cause I was like, I'm not, I'm not typically a fan of attacking people probably think that 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 uh, that's a bullshit lie but uh, i'm not a big fan of it but i will do it and i'll get toxic when necessary and i i i felt like what elon was doing was uh, a direct attack on 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 bitcoin and i was telling people i was like can't you can't basically can't own a tesla and be a bitcoiner at this point so people were messaging me and we did this whole tweet thing where people were deleting their or canceling their cyber truck orders. And I think it's just crazy. Like really too, when you think about it, like there's like a literal meme about owning a Tesla as a Bitcoiner because yeah. Lambo's got too expensive. That was like what happened. We were all like, okay, we need to pick a new car now because so Lambo dream is not really happening for everybody anymore. So we've somehow settled on Tesla as a community and then he's shitting on us. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we're like one of your biggest groups of supporters. And so some, a lot of people were selling their teslas canceling their teslas i'm sure he'll he'll find other people to buy teslas it's not like we're going to make an impact but yeah it's just weird I, to that cyber truck is to <laughs> me like the grossest looking car it's like i saw somebody post a meme and it was like how did we go from this to this and it was like the old like 1930s like rolls royce and like all the details and the design and then it and then next to it's the cyber truck that's just this like looks like a toaster like it's like yeah, a toaster on wheels. It's ugly. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah. I went. I, I can't remember if I've told this story before or not. But like, I, my experience buying a Tesla was, um, I, I was like, oh yeah. I mean, hey, it's good for the environment, so you know, probably mm-hmm. should do that or whatever. So I go down that road. We're looking for an SUV, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I was like there were like tax credits you could get and all this kind of stuff. And I was talking to like the Tesla dealer, like he was explaining the tax credits and it just became too much of a headache. And I was like, I don't even care if it's like free money from the government. I really don't. I just want the car that I want. And I ended up buying a Land Rover instead. <laughs> I love Land. I love Land Rover. Did you get a, um, like, did you get a Range Rover or which one did you yeah. get? Yeah. I, lo- I freaking love Range Rovers. It's like, I mean, it's not bad. It's like 25 miles per gallon. Um, yeah. you know, it's not way worse than that, but it's like, it's just really funny that like, I went the opposite of, um, I went the opposite of a Tesla. It was like, oh, here's the gas guzzler that, you know, is like meant to go yeah. off-roading and like, you know, over like pleasant terrains. Like I'm picturing these like pastures, you know, that are like untouched. And then like, this like <laughs> Land Rover just like plowing through it. Um, so that's what I was like, I was like, I don't know, but Elon doesn't care about you know, he, he's all for those, um, he's all for those tax credits, I guess. Oh he yeah. Does. He loves that. He loves governance, government subsidies. He that's, he's been living off that his whole, the whole career, man. It's like, that's the only Michael reason Murray's he's right. Do you think they're going to get crushed when they st- can't sell the tax credits anymore? I don't know. It's, you know, despite everything that, you know, I'm pissed off about what Elon does right now, <laughs> the guy somehow, 
keep surviving. And I don't know if it's, you know, an Enron situation where the whole thing just freaking explodes one day. And we're all like, see, we, we told you all along, of course this was going to happen. Uh, but he somehow keeps continuing. People have been trying to short his company for years and unsuccessfully. And I mean, you see what's happening with SpaceX and the success he has over there. And it's really, I don't think it's, and it's kind of like, he's kind of an enigma in a sense. So I don't try to make predictions, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if things came to an end and maybe, maybe that's why he, some people have this debate. Maybe that's why he started fighting Bitcoin and started saying, Oh yeah, let's get a carbon tax. Yeah. Yeah. Like saying all these things so that he could put his thumb on the scale and try to hopefully continue to get credits from the government or whatever entity to be able to continue doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just crazy like to see, to even see those cars as being technically better for the environment. I mean, the amount of cobalt and lithium that they dig out of the ground. I mean, you guys got to go look at the photos of the mines and the devastation to the planet that is caused by this process. It's, you know, and the electricity that they're using, uh, what is it like in America at at best, like 20% of the mix comes from renewables in any given place. So Mm -hmm. the electricity that they're burning is still coming from fossil fuels. It's still coming from hydrocarbons. Like it's all a market. It's all marketing. That's the craziest part about it. It's Mm -hmm. just that he's an extremely intelligent person who also is really good at marketing. So I, I, I don't know. Is it all going to come crashing down or is he going to be our permanent overlord? Like, it's really hard to tell this. We live in this like clown world where your company doesn't even need to make, make money to, to be, you know, have your stock price go up. You know, same thing happened with Amazon. They weren't making any money and now they're making all sorts of money. So it's, I don't, I try not to be, I'm not a trader. I try not to predict markets too much. I just try to buy assets that I know are going to, go up in value in the long term and maintain their value and hold them for the long term because it's the only way to really survive. And I just pretty much do that predominantly with Bitcoin. But I don't know what's your opinion on it. You think what do you think about Michael Burry? He, I mean he's he could be accurate. He could be right. He I mean, I hate to bet against the guy that predicted the housing crash um and predicted yeah. it like I think he I think he even started hinting at it in like 2002. Wow like on message boards and stuff like that. And then um and then I think he actually took his position in like 05, maybe. Um, the dude's smart, but the thing that makes me hesitate is he he hasn't embraced Bitcoin yet. You know, he he just, I'm like, how can somebody be that smart and not understand the value proposition here? Um, you know, but I think he gets, I think he's one of those people that gets stuck in the, like, you know, it's an imaginary thing. It's not real, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on like, uh, I mean, I do think ultimately, to answer your question, I do think he will be right. I think because now the electrical vehicles for like Ford and everybody else are coming out. Um, so they don't need to buy the credits anymore. Um, and Tesla's not going to be profitable. So the the way out of that is they're either going to run out of cash or Elon's going to have to, he's either going to have to start selling a bunch of cars, um, which isn't probably going to happen, or he's going to have to... Uh, you know, convince a lot more people to give him money um, and maybe get some more cash. I don't know. Yeah. The only thing that I have the arguments that I've heard that are seem logical in any way of, of how he survives is that 
that he's so far ahead. Like this is the debate that they make. They're like Bitcoin or uh, Tesla is so far ahead of everybody else. So they are going to sell their batteries and they're going to sell the software that they use to other companies. I think there was another guy on uh, one of my rooms one time that came in. He was really smart. I can't remember his name, but he seemed like he was, he, he, he had a huge following. I was like, man, this guy must be close to what's going on. And he was talking about how um, Tesla's also going to take all the data that they're getting from all those cars driving on the road all the time. And they're going to turn it into some for, form of like new Google maps and that they'll have so much more data on, on the road than Google maps ever has had, you know, cause they do that. They do that uh, where Google maps where you can kind of see and you can look around, but they, I mean, you have, you have these cars driving by like over and over and over again, they'll have like live updated versions of, so they're talking about launching an app, like a Tesla map app that will just crush every other app out there so i don't know it's 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 all like pipe dream stuff right now it's all like in the future this and this but that's kind of like what bitcoiners do too we're always like well one day bitcoin will be a medium exchange right and we can see that future and i don't know maybe we just maybe we just don't see the future with tesla because we're not close enough to it so but then there's really smart people like michael burry who are close to it and looking at it and also don't see the future so hard to say put half a bill down that half a billion down on on, uh, shorting (laughs) it it's crazy it's uh, wish it's like forty percent of his, I think his 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 uh hedge fund. It's like forty percent of their money. Yeah, yeah, he's he's it's nuts. He goes all in when he goes for it. He goes for it. Um. So yeah. So the um, what do you? How did you get into like you know podcasting everything? I know you mentioned you didn't. Oh sure. Um. um so how long have you been doing the smart people shit podcast? Yeah, I, I mean, I launched. Oh. When did I do launch my first episode? Probably got it up here. I mean, it's been like a month, maybe. I got to see this. Let me see over here on my stuff that I got. Um, it's been a little over a month. I've, I've had really, looks like my first episode, my first April 18th or something like that. Looks like, yeah. So it's been about a month. It's just over a month. I've had a really good response. Um, uh, gro- lots of growth and just really excited about it. I've always I like to talk. So I spent, you know, I spent a lot of time talking, but people get bored of you, you know, your friends and your family members. So I yep. always figured I would get into podcasting or some sort of, some maybe like a TV show, radio show. I, I, I never really put my thumb on it, but I was like, well, podcasting is easy. You can start it up for basically nothing and get lots of great practice. But I started talking to my buddy. We were doing just back and forth, just kind of practicing in person. And then and then Clubhouse came across my radar, and that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. It was probably about three months ago, three yeah, about three months ago, and I proceeded to spend hundreds of hours on that app talking to people about Bitcoin almost entirely. But also, we you know we sometimes we have those side rooms where we're just bullshit. We're like, all right, no more Bitcoin talk. Let's talk about something else for a little bit. Yeah. But uh, it really honed my skill. It enabled me to be able to speak much more fluid. I don't even think I'm that great of a speaker, but I, it really had a big impact on my ability to carry conversation, carry dialogue. I used to get, have horrible stage fright. So, so even the fact that I was able to get up in front of 300, 400, 500, you know, I'd have have rooms of 1500 people in them sometimes and be able to speak and not just like totally freeze up was, Mm -hmm. was really big for me. So I had a really big ability on my really big impact on my ability to speak and, and not get overwhelmed. And just be able to learn about Bitcoin because I'd hear other people talk about it. 
you know, and see what they're saying, adapt the way that I speak about it and incre- also increase my understanding of Bitcoin. So I did that for a long time, did that for like three months, just like woke up every day, got on Clubhouse. As soon as I got back on Clubhouse, like it was like, it was constant. Like I was on there for 10, sometimes 12 hours a day. And that helped me build an audience. It helped me to get access to guests. And I think that when you're podcasting, those are the two most obviously the two most important things, but it's really hard to get both at the same time, right? Because you could have, let's say, you know, you're just connected and you you have the guests access to the guests. Well, that's great. But if nobody knows who you are, and Kobe made a joke about me this the other day too, Kobe, crypto Kobe, I was, I was poked, I poked the bear and he was like, is it just, is it really a podcast or is it just a tape recording if no one listens to it? I thought it was a pretty funny joke, yeah. but, uh, it, but he's right. You know, you need to have, you need to have the guests and you need to have the audience. And how do you get both together, right? So mm-hmm. the clubhouse was a big part of getting the audience and the guests because I gained familiarity with a lot of people in the space. Uh, I was able to get Peter McCormick on as my first guest. Went great, no, loved no, it. Snag that. I don't even know, dude. He just, just he reaching out to him, and it was so random. I don't even think he. I don't know. He, I, 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 he, he won't even DM me now. Like I'm just like he must have just like. Had, a, had been having a good day and feeling like he wanted to be nice to someone on Clubhouse. But uh, he, yeah, he's, it was great. He, it was a great interview. I like the guy. I love the content he puts out. I, 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 uh, I, I think that he does an amazing job with his show. And I, I try to model some of the stuff that he does. I also love that he's down in El Salvador, which is where my parents are at right now. He, that's where they've lived for the last 10 years, oddly enough, is 45 minutes from Bitcoin Beach. They've known Mike Peterson uh, oh, okay. for seven years. And that's how I got Mike Peterson on my show. And, but no, but I, I, I just, he came, he came on clubhouse one day. He, he had been spending a lot of time on there. So he kind of, he roughly knew who I was. Maybe like I was on his radar, at least when he was in the room, maybe not, maybe that's my, <laughs> maybe it's hubris, yeah. but I DM'd him and I said, Hey, pe- cause people would ask me to, they said, we should get, you should interview Peter. You should interview Peter McCormick. And I was like, okay. So I DM'd him. I said, Hey, people want me to interview you. And he was like, right now. And I, and I said, well, not right now. Like, let's do like a one-on-one. And then he was down for it. And we, and we did it. Me and Peter had some, we had some things in common on the show. I he uh, he had a partying phase where he liked to do drugs, and we had the same drug of choice, and both had medical problems that arose from using that, overusing that 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 uh, stimulant. And uh, his was a more was it STV? It's not a heart attack. He was saying it was something some other, but it's a cardiovascular event, and that's what stopped him from using. And for me, it was epilepsy. I, I'm I have a severe form of epilepsy that I've done a lot of work to overcome, which is why you'll also notice on my show I do health fitness kind of biohacky type stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my first, that was my very first one. It was great, but it was kind of like, you know, when you first, when you first do anything, you, you, you don't do a very good job of it or you don't do as good as you could have done. Yeah. And so I kind of just went through the questions and was, there was some back and forth, but it, he's just a good guest. He just, he's a good talker mm-hmm. and people enjoy listening to him. There was a ton of people that came in the clubhouse and then I recorded it and then put it up on my, my first episode. Then I had, I did a philosophy one with um, a couple of, you know, philosophy professors, um, Bradley and Bradley and Craig. That was a good one. Really enjoyed some deep thinking stuff there. Then we've had on Corey Clipston and uh, from Swan Bitcoin, founder mm-hmm. of Swan Bitcoin. He was he was great, gracious enough to come on. I really appreciated that. He talked about plan. So if you like Plan B, I mean Corey ripped that model apart. You, I don't know if you guys. You know, you and your audience knows this, but I know he's Corey not a is, fan of a fan of Plan B. I, I, no, I, he's not. 
I like the model, um, but I mean, I'm also of the belief that it can it can get blown up, kind of like Michael Saylor said. You know, what I mean, like there's external factors that we don't know about, but um, exactly. But anyway, so Corey on your show, so he ripped it you, apart. I mean, it's not even that; it's more just that the the model itself is totally invalid. Like he he was explaining it to me and how it's it's highly autocorrelated. I mean, these are all terms that I'm like learning new myself. I'm not a I'm not a uh, I'm not a model builder. I don't even I don't even know what the term is for someone who builds models. But um, the math is wrong. It's it's all over the place. He said it's just tr- total garbage, total trash. I mean, you can go to the 52 minute mark in that episode, skip everything else. It's just an interview up to that point, and listen to what he has to say about Plan B, and you'll you'll come to the conclusion, the same conclusion that I did, that it's a bad model and that it's dangerous to, as Bitcoiners, to support narratives that are false narratives. Uh, that's how we got the block size wars was a false narrative that Bitcoin is for payments. And that's where I, I you know, I think it's important that we we're careful and that we make sure that we're not supporting things that are, you know, just because that they're on our, on our team, quote unquote, that we're not going out of our way to support that that person and what they're professing. I mean, he makes the debate and the argument that Rao Paul and his ability to affinity scam Bitcoiners happened because of plan B and supporting plan B and plan B coming on a show. And he made this whole thing out of it. But anyways, go listen to it if you're interested in stuff like that. Uh, later on, we had, well, then I did Danielle Cambone. She was the moderator for the Frank Justra, Michael Saylor debate. Mm-hmm. She's incredible. Pa- absolute powerhouse. Um, mother to twin babies and still just killing it over at uh, Stansberry research. Mm-hmm. And they do the, a lot of the precious metal markets, but she's becoming a massive Bitcoiner. And she made the, uh, she made the statement that she's going to add more Bitcoin to her portfolio on the, on the show. So I was happy about that. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, and so you built your following then, I mean, cause you have what, like 5,000 followers now on Twitter, something like that. Yeah. F- just a little over that. And I, I, I did that in about three months. I, but I told you I've been from clubhouse. Well, no, no, but also I, so the base layer of my following comes from clubhouse, but it's, it's, there's not actually a lot of a ton of carryover there. There's enough to where I was getting enough likes and retweets to get the the tweet off the ground, you know, Mm -hmm. and which is important, but I've been studying Twitter from from watching crypto Twitter, Bitcoin Twitter, but also from watching political stuff because I was, I was highly, you know, engaged as far as watching what was going on from 2016, mm-hmm. from you know Trump's whole movement upwards and how he used Twitter to, to grow become his following president. and <laughs> yeah, basically become yeah exactly become president. So, I, I'm not like I'm not like amazing. Like I, I honestly I put out a lot of tweets and a lot of them just ap- epically fail and, and I. I wonder if I should just quit and give up on, on Twitter because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But for some reason, every once in a while, one of them pops off. I've had tweets that go really pretty viral. And I, I don't know. I really honestly don't know why. Some of them are terrible tweets. Mm-hmm. Um, probably things they should have never said in the first place. Yeah. I'm like, if people that follow me on Twitter, like you're one of the, one of the few, um, they probably think that I have like a terrible Twitter game. I just actually don't care. Like I, if I was, if I was, planning on if i was doing this for business i guess i would have to like hire somebody because i don't first of all i don't understand what works and what doesn't Mm -hmm. and um and then i also also don't care i'm like i'm i get i get like dangerously apathetic about stuff where it's just like you know and like um, my wife was like well why are you doing the podcast i was like honestly so i can learn 
like I I'm doing it so I can learn. Um, might it's as great well networking tool. Yeah, might as well record it. You know, throw it up onto um, you know a place where other people can listen to it. Um, I'm kind of blown away that people actually listen to it. You know what I mean? Like it's just <laughs> I'm like it's awesome. Put I put like an episode up with Guy Swan going He's like great. we were just talking about Taproot and you know kind of explaining what that was. And that one like blew up, like people were just all over. And I'm like, I can't believe like there's time. Like I, the thing that blows me away is the number of people that listen to the podcast before I even tweet about it. And I'm like, what? Like there's somebody that's like, <laughs> like they just organically, they're finding this like every time it just blows my mind. I guess I think it means they're a, subscribers or I don't know. I think it also is the search function too, because I've noticed that when I'm looking at podcasts, a lot of times I type in names and I think like the latest episode with that name comes to the top, like no matter what it is. So if like, for instance, Guy Swan has a massive following, he has his own following. So if someone goes and types in Guy Swan, like, boom, you're right. But also I'm sure you have subscribers. I mean, you have, obviously I'm a subscriber and you have people that are, you know, as soon as it comes out, they're, they're, they're seeing it come across their desk and they're, you know, deciding to listen to it or not. But I think also that's why it's important to get names on there and get them, um, Mm -hmm. you know, actually, in the front of the title as well. I think that's a big part of the search function on some of these, these podcast things, but yeah, no. So with Twitter, it's like, I could probably learn from you how to have a better Twitter game or, you know, I mean, I could teach you. I'm not, I, I should be nicer on Twitter. Um, there's a ton of people who already hate me. Um, Cause I say things I probably shouldn't, but I don't know. Well, I'm learning is I'm too nice. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, probably. Like, I mean, I just, I just let people off the hook. Like, there's this guy. Yeah, I look up, but he tweeted this morning, and I was just like, "What was that conversation?" Oh God, I just like the most random thing, um, by accident. Oh, uh, this guy <laughs> who like, um, he, I reply. I, I don't know how I came across, but he, he was talking about like. His tweet was, none of the Bitcoin defenders will point out things that Bitcoin does that an app like Venmo cannot do better and cheaper. Um, <laughs> it's just so funny. It's like, that is such a stupid argument. Like, you're trying to say that, like, Venmo, like, he, I was like, okay, he just doesn't get it. And mm-hmm. um, and so I, I basically said that back to him. And uh, he was like, it's a terrible store of value, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, I was like, I could just crush this guy. And I guess in theory, I'm doing it right now on the podcast. Crush like, him. Because he, he said, uh, he will point out the things that Bitcoin does that an app like Venmo cannot do better and cheaper. And he spelled cheaper, C-H-E-E-P-E-R. Um, and <laughs> Careful, he like, might be. He, that's, he, that's him trying to troll you. He, people yeah. will spell things wrong on purpose just to get people's attention. I swear to no, God. I actually, I actually do that sometimes. <laughs> what did you say to him though did you did you did you message back yeah i said i was like it's because bitcoin is not meant to be a payment system it's a store of value bitcoin payment systems are in the second layer i.e lightning network why is this so hard to understand and he said um it's a terrible store of value it provides no income no interest no utility value and is virtually uh is a virtual uninsurable against theft why is this so hard to understand (laughs) and i was just like and then he brought up like the tulip Oh gosh. And I said, ah, the tulip, which has a finite supply and is teleportable. Um, and and it was just like I could have there's I could have just really teed off on them. Um, maybe I should start doing that on Twitter. I don't know. If you're one of my subscribers or followers, just um just uh let me know if I should because I 
when I go, like I have this pension when I go, I'm like calm, I'm calm. And then when I, whenever I go, it's like a, yeah. a baseball manager flipping out on an umpire. Yeah. And like, I have like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm the same like, you way. Know, you know, like Christian Bale, like on, um, I don't even know if you know my background. So like, I'm a movie producer and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and the uh so there's the christian bale thing where like on the terminator movie where he flipped out on like the cinematographer i don't know if you remember that and like there was the recording of him like just going off and like i believe i've seen it before but I, i'm gonna i'll watch it again right now and see but i Go had ahead. like i had my like multiple christian bale moments on set and even they were like whenever i was like the lowest man on the totem pole and i just didn't care like i like the one guy i literally like threw my hat on the ground like a baseball like manager and like got in his face like nose to nose and um but anyway so funny story so I my wife knows this about me like because I'm I'm I think generally a nice person like you know get along with everybody but if you deserve it if you deserve to get like torn to shreds and you push me far enough then it'll happen so much so that on my brother-in-law the day of my brother-in-law's wedding so her my wife's brother um and, you know, so we're getting a new sister-in-law and, you know, I look at her as like a little sister, you know, like another little sister and I'm very protective. And uh, the day of the wedding, the, the hotel that was supposed to have a shuttle to the venue, they like called and said, we don't have one. Like we, we never booked it, you know, which was like, obviously somebody made a mistake. They didn't want to admit it. So I'm sitting over with like all the guys getting ready. And my wife comes over and she says, I need you. I'm like, what? And she's like, so the shuttle's not gonna booked for some reason. And like, we don't want Morgan to just like, you know, have a breakdown and like, you know, start crying and get upset, you know, cause people can't get here. And I would just looked at her. I was like, I nodded. Like I knew what she meant. I was like, you need me to call them and tear them a new one. And she was like, yep. And so like, I just like cracked my knuckles. It's like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and, um, and I was ready yeah. to like get into it. And, um, and yeah, and then I uh, I got over there and Morgan was there on the phone and she was like, oh, thank you so much. Okay, okay, thanks. Bye-bye. And I was like, what? Nice. And she was like, she was like, oh, I got it handled. And I was like, man, that person got off so easy. <laughs> she was like, were you about to rip them apart? I was like, yep. But she was sitting there like, okay, thank you so much. Like, she's so polite and kind. And I was just like, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe, what do you think? Should I be meaner? You definitely <laughs> got to be willing deserve. to stand up for, you know, and there's a couple things to Twitter. I mean, you can be meaner. You can, I don't like to be too, yeah, mean. I can't be mean, but like if if somebody is gonna be an if somebody's gonna be an asshole, then they deserve it. I mean, I told it just depends. Like, I honestly, I just I just like to have I just like to f- mess around. I just like to have fun on Twitter, and I like to see what'll work and what won't work. And to me, it's more like a game sometimes. And I treat it like that, but I'm also trying to put out for the most part, put out good information. Mm-hmm. One of the best things that you can do um on twitter is to especially in the bitcoin community is to build good narratives so if you're really good at my you know making excuses then that's 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 a really great way to get a twitter following um uh, for for instance like when you're talking about what elon was doing i came up with the narrative that maybe he was fudding bitcoin because he realized that it was competing bitcoin mining was competing directly with his battery division because people won't want to store their energy pay for and store their energy on his batteries when they can sell it turn to the bitcoin now yeah immediately turn it into money 
And that took off, right? So people like that, right? Because it's almost like I mean, it's kind of like making a, yeah. you like you're like making people realize something extra. Like, so I, my mom always said when I was young, I'm very good at coming up with excuses. So I, I try to utilize that power to, <laughs> to give Bitcoin excuses, but it's easy to do. Right. Because it's like, I'm not making, I'm not just making stuff up. Like it's, it, 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 it clicks in people's minds for, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of that. Um, I try not to be too mean too often or say, say bad things too often, but I do it a little bit just to, you know, sometimes it's just because I feel like I'm just want to blow off steam a little bit. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't try to, my biggest thing is I just go out of my way to not do anything that will get someone wrecked. It's like the only thing I really care about. Like, I'm not going to give someone advice that's going to make them. And I typically, I don't directly attack people. Like I'll be, I'll uh, like someone, if I'm, someone's engaging with me on, on Twitter, like, I'm not going to be like have fun staying poor and, you know, mm-hmm. you're an idiot or whatever. Like I'll try to like, I'll either talk to them and tell them that they're wrong and why exactly the way you did, you're like, why is this so hard to understand kind of a situation? Or mm-hmm. I won't engage with them at all. Like I'm not going to like fight with random people on the internet. I don't waste too much time in my mentions. Yeah. Unless yeah. a tweet blows up, then maybe I, maybe I do sometimes. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, it's, but I also, I'm just like, I don't know. I probably won't be ever good at it. So if, if this podcast, if people keep listening to it and, and for some reason I need to have a Twitter game, then I'll probably just have to hire somebody. Cause I, I have don't do like that. don't hire I, someone. Uh, I have um, the personal touch. Yeah, but I'm like I'm so wet. like like I said I care so little. Like where um, I, that's I, good. What though. always goes through my mind is the um in uh for, forgetting Sarah Marshall. If you ever yeah. seen the movie, and Russell Brand, you know he's like the the pop star or whatever. And um, yes, yes. And Jonah Hill gives him this CD, and he's like. Hey, uh, Jonah Hill's like, Hey, did you, uh, when you listen to my CD, did you like, did you get it? Did you get it? And, um, and Russell Brand, this is my like inner monologue for so many things in life where, um, he's just like, Oh yeah, that's right. Um, I went to listen to it and then I just carried on living my, the rest of my life (laughs) And, and like, and then Jonah Hill just like leaves and like runs away. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I guess that's a good, like, thick skin thing to have. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, like, because I'm doing the opposite of you. Like, we're we're moving, like, I wanted, like, acreage. I wanted, as a, yeah. as Daniel Prince told me, he was, like, you're going, you're trying to have the, the Citadel life, aren't you? Like, it's just, like, kind of, like, I want to be, I got kind of spooked by the supply chain. So, like, I want to be self-sufficient. Um, you know, power grid could go down. I'll be fine, you know. Um, I'll use an Elon product. I'll use Starlink if that's if that's floating around, and I can it's a good product. A, if I can get an internet connection, um, you know, well water, um, and you know, raising animals and and all that. I mean, yeah, I'm going so far the opposite direction. It's and it's bizarre because I would have ne- you would have never pegged me as a country person. I wanted to have an entire asphalt yard whenever I was a kid. I'm not kidding. I told my parents that. So I want my entire yard when I'm a grown up to be like a street, so I can like play hockey on it play basketball you know all that kind of stuff and 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 also they didn't have to cut the grass and now i'm like gonna have a like a pasture <laughs> i'm like i don't know it's just what the the pandemic and everything has done to me where i'm just like i just want i just want to be left alone and carry on living my life <laughs> yeah i think that's happened to a lot of people too and then like especially I, I don't know i think there's like this potential for bitcoin to kind of reverse the flow when it comes to the, the the trend of people wanting to live in the city and 
and, and mm-hmm. be, be in dense population, urban areas. I see a lot of people that want to move out and get away from that. And I think that remote work and things like Starlink make it easier than ever to remove yourself from the dense urban areas where all the crime and violence and riots are happening. So I I could, I see a world where that's really, you know, possible. A lot of Bitcoiners really want to move there. They tend to be like that. I don't know if it attracts that type of person or if it, makes people more because like for instance yourself you're saying it, it seemed to have an impact on you maybe not just bitcoin but Pandemic, everything that's bitcoin, going on and yeah everything it's i think we were always like leaning towards getting further away from the city but you know in my mind i was like i oh, will just be like kind of some suburban neighborhood or whatever and um mm-hmm. and yeah it's the it's the complete opposite where we're like it's like used to be a cornfield like that's what it that's what it was it's like you're gonna start growing corn you're gonna be a farmer now i i actually we we do want to eventually have some corn stalks um and like chickens goats um and we'll start with chickens goats is like the next level like you have to be a little prepared for that i don't know Um, i've heard the chickens can be difficult because everything wants to come and eat them yeah you have to have them protected definitely because they are just sitting prey like they're just sitting ducks basically yeah sitting chickens um but yeah like my one friend was saying that his parents did that and like anytime he goes and visits them they send him home with like 14 eggs because like <laughs> the chicken is so just many. like you might get like one every other day but then like they get to a point where like they're popping out like one a day and if you have like you know five chickens laying one egg a day it's like wow you know you're gonna have uh you're gonna have 35 eggs a week like i don't think i don't think you can consume that many you know <laughs> I didn't um, know they produce them that fast. I think, yeah, I think they get to that's the point fast. Where they do one, once a day. Yeah. They wow. just Or even every other day is fast. I mean, I, I didn't know it was that often. Yeah. No wonder yeah, people they, want them. They, they, they just pop out from like food constantly. I know. And now I'm like thinking it's so cool. Cause like this little town, like you'll have like, like where we could walk to like go eat dinner at like a family restaurant, like, you know, down the, like the country road and like, and then there's like a little market. And I was like, oh, I guess you could take the extra eggs there. Like, you know, just be like, hey, do you guys want to, you know, sell these? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm stepping into a whole new world. Um, it's exciting, dude. Is, uh, is completely different. So, um, but yeah. So, uh, so how did, so you were a subscriber of my show. And how did that happen? Like, did you, was it when we got connected, you started listening or how did I, yeah. Well, first when I, when I first came across your show was I, I actually noticed it. And then when we started engaging on, um, on Twitter, that's when I really started listening to it much more. And then you had, had invited me on the show. So that's why I was like, and that's when I started subscribing and actually listening to it. So, um, any, any advice? What do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm an open book. So tell me, go ahead. You I think, think it's good. I, well, I like the style that you do where it's much more relaxed and I enjoy doing, I, I enjoy those kind of interviews. I think I need to do more mine more that way. And you seem like you come up with great questions. Like I don't, I, 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 it seems like it runs fluidly and I'd have to, you know, I'd have to take like a, a, when I listen to people's stuff, like I don't listen to it and go like, oh, that's, that's horrible. Like I'm always listening to it and going, I want 
to adapt that into my show. And that's one of the things yeah. I noticed that you do is it's just very relaxed. Like even when you, you know, you were like, let's just start recording. Like, let's just jump, let's just jump into it. Like, let's, yeah. you know, and that's, that's kind of like, I, I like that style. I like, that's kind of what Joe Rogan does. It's like, you know, you just boom, you're in the show and you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think you should keep doing that. And you know, maybe have, maybe just up your, uh, up your Twitter game and get more people. That's, yeah. you know, that's got to find a way to get the audience somehow. You got to get yeah. people to pay attention to you. Um, I'm hoping to get uh, Joe Rogan on eventually. Um, so Dude, I don't know. Sick. I don't know him directly, but you know um, someone, but we, we have mutual friends. Um, oh, dude, that would be incredible. So, yeah, there's a, it's really tricky. Like well, how me and you got connected was the Tom Brady tweet. That's that right. How, yep. Was that how we got connected? Yeah, I believe Whenever so. I was, I was like, I, I tried to get Tom Brady on and, um, and I, I actually, dude, you shoot know. high. I need to shoot higher, dude. You're like, you're like up, you're getting Tom Brady and you're going after Joe Rogan. Like I'm going to have to like up my, my expectations of the guests that I can get. Cause that's uh you're shooting, re- you're shooting really high there. Well, and the tricky part is like, so for example, with like a lot of different comedians, like in me being in the, like the entertainment business. So my listeners have heard this a million times, but like I launched a streaming platform and like our apps will be released this summer. And um, you know, we just brought investors on board. I might have to bleep this out um, and you can't <laughs> share this part because it's not made news yet and we're saving it for PR. So we just like finalized our first investment in the platform and we got it all in Bitcoin. That's incredible. Congratulations. That is going to be, that might be our theme going forward. And I can't believe I actually got them. Like they were like, whenever the idea came up, I was like, we should honestly, that's what I'd want anyways. And they were like, really? And then like, they were like, they were like the investors obviously have cash so they're like loosely invested in different things and like i went on like a 15 minute rant and they were like yeah you're no you're right and i was like really (laughs) i was like i couldn't believe that and then they were like and i told them too i said i was like let's not do it for like the pr you know like if we're doing it and oh yeah of course if we have you know pay Obviously, there's certain things, but um, like I'm trying to get, like I I just had Sean Calkin on, and I'm uh, I'm gonna try and get. I've been poking Strike for like and Jack Mallers for months, being like, "Yo, I need your services," because otherwise, I don't know how to do it. Um, like I don't, I I just I need to figure those things out. But yeah, like once we release, we'll probably just do some kind of PR release of like, yeah, we. Um, I, I would think people are going to like that. Um, but, um, but anyway, it's like, we, you know, we're setting up like original productions and stuff. And so it's like, I want to read, there's some, a lot of people where I want to reach out to, but like, we're doing other stuff together. Um, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, do I like ask them to come on the podcast and then also like, Hey, be in this movie or, you know what I mean? Like, um, so I think maybe what I'll do is hopefully as productions start ramping up again and things open up here, maybe I'm hoping I can like snag like different celebrities when they're on like a movie that we're doing or something. Could be good access. Just be like, Hey, you know, like want to come talk about Bitcoin. The biggest fear that I've got so far is that they don't know a lot about it. So I'm trying to like, let them know, like, dude, like I, 
you know, I'm like the most, I'm like the dumbest person in the the Bitcoin space. Like as far as like knowledge about it, like I'm, I'm learning. So it's like, I'm an open book. I did have an actor friend on, I don't know if you listened to that one and we talked about it and like, he was grilling me and I was just like, uh, like, you know, answering the best I could, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's the Tom Brady tweet. I actually did like, they, I hate that. Cause they, I feel like sometimes they don't actually even consider whether or not the person would want to do it. Um, you know what I mean? Like his reps were like, oh, he's really busy. I was like, okay. I mean, <laughs> it's the NFL off season. So, yeah. Like what's he doing? You know, what's he real, what's um, he real busy with right now? Is he drinking more al- 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 high alkaline water? No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is he sleeping in the hyperbaric chamber for 48 hours? What's happening? I even, uh, Paris Hilton was another one. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah. That I was going back. Dude, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to have to start, uh, I'm going to start up in my game with who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm failing my listeners. I gotta, I gotta start shooting much, much higher and getting these crazy Paris Hilton, Tom Brady well, <laughs> style, it, Joe Rogan level of guests on my show. I'm uh, not doing good enough. No, no. Cause it, the, the trick is too, then I'm like also really concerned with like, you know, is that what Bitcoiners want to listen to? You know, like, cause they, they sure. really want to hear like Bitcoin conversation, you know what I mean? Right. So, um, well, but I mean, but you're, but then you're also attracting a whole nother audience to your show and you know you got to mix it up a little bit otherwise it, you know you can talk about bitcoin all day every day and there will always be more bitcoiners but my advice i guess would be i mean and the, dude don't listen to me too because i'm new but this is my opinion mm-hmm. that you need to have some other like niche you need to have some other thing that brings people in and attracts people for me it's health wellness kind of stuff just because like i said i had horrible epilepsy or do have epilepsy. And I've seen massive impacts on my personal health from certain changes that I've made. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm attracted to almost like um, lesser known ways to improve your health. That's why I had like Dr. Jack on, we talked about vitamin D and sun exposure. I'm also Mm going to have my, my, my neurologist on, uh, his name is Dr. Glenn Zielinski, and he does physical therapy for brain disorders. So if you have a, if you have Tourette's, if you have vertigo, if you have a t- t- uh, traumatic brain injury, if you have epilepsy, they can actually give you physical therapy regimen based off of the pattern of your eye movements. And they can determine where the weaknesses in your brain is based off your your eye pattern movements, and then they can start stimulating. It's really, it's really, really cutting edge. It's been out for years, but this guy happens to be in my area and he is the premier, you know, expert on, on this form of, I I just, I call it physical therapy for brain disorders. Right. I don't even think he calls it that, but uh, it can have an incredible impact on people. I remember, I don't know if it was like a family friend or something, or I think it was like a, distant cousin's wife or something and we were at the beach and somebody told me they were like oh just like if you ever see her like um having trouble in the water like let us know and i'm like what and they said that she has seizures like all the time um i don't know if that's similar to like epilepsy like yeah close but it was like i was like well all the time like is she just like falling over and they were like no she can like stand there and go through it you know, and it's like almost not noticeable. Like you have to like look at her eyes to to see it's happening. I can't remember who that was. That was so yeah. long ago. Yeah. So mine, I mean, they're very different. This is the problem too, is that why someone has seizures 
it can be a wide range of issues or problems in the brain. And it tend, generally has to do with a, we, a weakness in certain parts of the brain. But um, for me, I would, I would have almost like, it would start off like a twitching. Like you would, you almost like see like this, like my hand twitching. And then it would be like my arms would twitch. And then it would lead to like full body, like twitching to the point where it's like, where I'm also kind of like losing consciousness for a split second. And then from there, I would have full blown grand mal seizures where I'd black out and like foaming at the mouth type of stuff. And, mm. you know, you know, you're, 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 you're completely unconscious and, and then that'll happen. And then I'll wake up and then I'll realize like what happened. Cause I can kind of tell that I've, you know, something happened and I'm typically very exhausted. And, um, like the first time it happened, I, I, it was like almost like a five. I thought I had a stroke. Actually, that was the word, the word, the first time it happened really badly was the absolute worst by far. I've never had one that bad since, although they've been bad, but I, I woke up like nobody was in the room when it happened. And I just woke up like on the ground, like face up. And cause they came in and called the hospital, they came in and called the paramedics. And I just like the paramedics were standing over me and I couldn't move. And if my face like wasn't moving and I couldn't talk, it felt like my only like half of my face was working. And so I thought for sure I had a stroke and because my, my, I've had strokes in both sides of my family before. So I fortunately did not have a stroke, but having a very bad grandma seizure can, can often feel that way. But yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty brutal. Epilepsy is pretty brutal. I ended up going on pretty heavy medication for a while and that medication was really messing with me though. And it just had such a negative impact on me that I had to find something else. And that's when I started searching and found this guy. And I mean, it's, if you, if you know someone who has any sort of brain disorder, but specifically epilepsy, cause it's so debilitating for some, for many people, you absolutely need to be going to see this guy. He, he works out of an office called Northwest functional neurology. I mean, it's his office mm-hmm. um, and it's expensive. Um, he doesn't take insurance, but it, it, it is pretty incredible the impact that it had on me. And that's why I just tell people every day about it all everywhere I go. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I think there's an epidemic of people that just take any answer from a doctor and they're like, okay, well you obviously know what you're talking about and they just roll with it. And if it doesn't like work, then they just think that there's nothing that can be done. Um, You know, and, and you got to really like, I'm a big proponent of, you know, there's still things that like, there's just certain things you can't, you know, like, uh, like Crohn's disease or something. It's like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think there's anything that anyone can do really to like fix certain things like that other than taking medication, you know what I mean? But I do believe that there's a lot of things that can be fixed without medication. You know, like I think we get a little over medicated. Um, just my opinion. I don't know. Emma, a doctor. No, I agree with you. I mean, all, I mean, but, but Western medicine has its place. It has its place. I mean, you, especially if you break a bone or anything like that, it, oh, yeah, you gotta, it, does wonder, you know, it works wonders. It's amazing. You know, both if my you need heart surgery, like, <laughs> like it's like, it's unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like, it's like this, my parents are cancer survivors. Both are completely fine and it, it shouldn't even affect their like long-term health. And it's like, but if we didn't have Western medicine, then they, they would have yep. died. You know, yep. it's like, that's, that's crazy. Um, but there's also, you know, I like homeopathic ways and, you know, uh, I assume that's what your type of stuff is like with the, the therapy and physical therapy and all that. Yeah. So, so the physical therapy is like, it's really just, um, exercises, eye exercises. Um, they do electrical stimulation to engage certain parts of the brain. 
Um, they're just trying to strengthen where it's weak. The off, what's funny is that a lot of, you know, when you're looking at the world, your eye, everything looks fluid, right? But most, most of the time our eyes actually move kind of like this. They don't mm -hmm. actually move in a straight line. It's just, our brain makes up all of that information on its own, but they can make, they can make mistakes and they can lag too long. And that mm -hmm. buildup of miscommunication in your brain will, can lead to misfirings and cause seizures. But there are, yeah, there are, so there's no medicine at all. There's no, I'm not taking anything. It's actual therapy, like physical therapy on my brain. Mm -hmm. And that's not the only thing too, though. I've discovered a lot of things along the way. I consider myself to be some of like a biohacker. I mean, I know that's terms like thrown around, like kind of ridiculously. I've pretty much tried everything that you could possibly imagine. I've tried, you know, the sauna, cold shower stuff. Um, I've tried different, every, all the different diets I've done keto, I've done, I'm going to try carnivore here soon. I'm going to have Dr. Sean Baker on hopefully here soon and do the keto or the carnivore diet where you just eat meat. Um, I've done where you, the macros where you weigh everything out. I've, you know, I've been a weightlifter. I've been a CrossFitter. Um, I've done, you know, all different sorts of different types of things to improve my health. But some of the things that I've tried that I don't think anybody talks about really doesn't talk about enough is breath, being able to breathe through your nose in and out of your nose is super important. And it's really important that you're doing it at night because if you're mouth breathing all night, it has really negative impacts on your health. And I've noticed that nasal breathing is, it does have a positive impact on me personally in my health and my like mental clarity. I noticed it when, when I, when I started trying to focus on breathing from when I was doing cycling, I, I had a hard time you don't really want to breathe through your mouth. Like when you're cycling too much sometimes, because mm -hmm. it's like, it'll dry you out. And so I was really trying to get focused on nasal breathing. And I found these things that you can like stick up your nose, even and like open it up and they're four cyclists. And I, after a couple of rides like that, I was like, Whoa, I feel way different. I feel like I'll even show you one right here. It looks like this, it's this little like yellow thing. Mm -hmm. It looks, looks like a, you know, it would be painful to shove up there. It kind of is a little bit, but you get used to it, but it, I'll even wear them at night. And it has massive impacts on just my mental clarity, my epilepsy. Uh, another big one is consistently waking up every day at the same time. I think mm -hmm. people think you have to go to bed on time. No, you need to wake up on time. If you, if you, if you go to bed at midnight or if you go to bed at 10, but you wake up at seven, like that's more important that you wake mm -hmm. up at the same time. So I just, I'm trying out a bunch of different stuff. So that's why, like I said, I know we could, I could ramble about it all day. I love Bitcoin, but some of the stuff that I've, I've found along the way of trying to fix my own health problems have made a big difference for me. And I think other people would, you know, benefit from hearing about them. Well, I think you got a really good niche, like a niche audience there, you know, to, um, because there's a, I've noticed the big crossover between Bitcoiners and people like as people become deeper down the rabbit, go down deeper down the rabbit hole of Bitcoin, they find themselves taking better care of themselves, you know, and like becoming Definitely. healthier and, um, you know, it's yeah. Like, and like me, like going, like I'm all for organic. Like uh, I used to tease my wife when she'd get like grass fed beef and I would say, is it grass fed grass? Like, is, you know, is it, did, was the grass fed by other grass that was then fed to the cow, you know, <laughs> That's and, good, like, dude. and now like I'm that. like the opposite direction. I'm like, yeah, no, like I don't want that processed junk. Like are you kidding me? Um, so yeah, it's just uh, mind blowing. Um, so, uh, well, thanks for coming on, uh, Dennis, Definitely. uh, and, uh, let people know, uh, you know, where, where can they find you? Uh, you know, where, where's the best place for people to, to hear you, uh, hear your show and then also see you antagonize people online. <laughs> yeah. If you want to see me antagonize people online and generally good out, put out good information about Bitcoin and good narratives, 
You can follow me on Twitter at the machine built. Uh, I am on Instagram as well, which is machine built, but uh, I don't spend as much time on there. If you really want to engage with me, I spend a lot of time on Twitter. My DMS are always open. Feel free to uh, direct message me on there anytime. Happy to talk conversation with anyone. I'm actually a pretty nice guy. I just like to occasionally blow off steam and antagonize random people on the internet. Um, if you want to watch my show or listen to my show, which I plan to do, I think I'm going to go to video. I'm, I'm convinced mm-hmm. you, I did this one with you. And then I did one yesterday with Eric from the dumbest guy show. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's starting a new podcast as well. And there's something different about the video aspect of all of this that I think I really, I'm missing out on by being on clubhouse. So I gotta, I gotta get my video going. But that being said, if you want to listen to my show, smart people shit, it is on Spotify. It is on Apple. Um, you can listen to it on all the, all the uh, apps, all the directories, always available. If you want to email me, you have questions, you want to become a guest on the show, you can email me at bitcoincoaching101.com uh, at gmail.com, bitcoincoaching101 at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, happy to, you know, happy to have people on the show. I'm always looking for people that do health and wellness, but also to get those good Bitcoin guests on and Tom Brady, right? We're going to get, yeah, yeah. We'll, get we'll share him <laughs> or get yeah. Paris Hilton. Um, and you'll have to like send me, send me a nudge. If you ever have like a, a thing where I don't, do you do just clubhouse or do you do like the spaces too, or whatever that's called? I've been playing around with spaces recently as well. I just did a room. Well, I was in, not did a room, but I was in a room with Will uh, Clemente last night. I love Will. He's, I mean, that guy makes me feel like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing with my life at 32 and he's, he's 19 and crushing it, but uh, he, he, he puts out some great, great information, but yeah, I did a spaces with him last night. I've done spaces with other people. I think it's a great. How does that even work? This makes me sound so old, but how it's it's you just, so like you you long, instead of tweeting you like that button where you push to tweet, you just long press it. And then it will open up three different options. And one of them is to on the far left is spaces and you just open it up and you just start talking to people. Typically, like if you're going to start one, like you want to like, like if you're just starting it out of the blue, like don't just like randomly start a room open, like try to get coordinate with a couple people and be like, Hey, let's start us like we, me and you could do one. We could, yeah. we could coordinate me, you coordinate like a couple other like random podcasters. We could start doing like the podcasters fireside chat type of things, you know, and that would be a great way to get us all helping each other, supporting each other, but also talking about, whatever it is for the, you know, the week, we can yeah. do a weekly uh, fireside podcaster chat since I'm we cool all love that. to talk and ask questions so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. I, uh, <laughs> I'm so bad with that, all that, the Twitter game and understanding all that stuff where I'm just like, you know, like, Oh, like, I don't, it's like, what is this spaces thing? It makes me sound so old. It makes <laughs> me sound so old. I'm like, I'm 35, but like you would think sometimes, Sometimes with my technology understanding, I'm like an 18 year old and you're like, wow, dude, this guy's crushing it. And then when it comes to social media, like my, my sisters downloaded Snapchat for me like years Oof. ago. And I'm, I never, I'm good on that. I don't like Snapchat. I, I never <laughs> even figured I opened the app and I was like, I don't know what's happening in here, but I'm just going to close it. And <laughs> that's it. That's that. Yep. Um, I feel like that. Do you remember that old commercial where the um, anytime I'm on Twitter or anything, there was uh, this commercial where the kids were talking about how like their parents were such losers and um, their dad was like sitting on his phone on the patio. And like, they're like, our dad has like one Twitter follower and it's me. And he's like tweeting and he's like, I'm sitting on the patio. And they're like, dad, nobody's listening to you. You know, it's like, that's how I feel right now. Cause I'm like, I, I have no idea. So I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's like, to, it's, and no, no one likes to put out that energy to effort on social media and then just, 
you know, it's gone into the, into the wind. Right. So yeah, I, yeah. I just, I just like Twitter. I'm good at it, but I don't, I honestly, I'm not good at, I'm not good at Instagram. I don't really try to do Instagram. Um, Maybe I'll just try to be comically bad at it. Like, <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, cause exactly. I did, like I said, with the misspelling things, like I'll do something, a lot of things where it's like, I do it um, accidentally. And then, so I do it accidentally so much. So I'll misspell on purpose. Um, and then like yesterday, there was something and my response was few, you know, like whichever yeah. he does on Twitter, but I spelled it P H E W. Dude, like, that's it, hilarious. And Shit, I was I'm like, gonna I'm gonna steal that from you. I was like, ah oh, man, I like that that got no traction. I don't understand this. Okay. I'm you know, go. that's the annoying part about Twitter is it's like like I said, you can have incredible tweets that just should ex- absolutely go viral and explode and the world should be worshiping you. And then, you know, if you don't get enough people to like it in the first 30 minutes, then it's not going to go anywhere. There's like algorithms that pick things up. So if like you, if you put something out and no one likes it, then the algorithm will like downplay it and it will like shoot it down to the bottom. But if you, in the first, like, I don't know what the timing is actually, I'm not exactly sure, but it it seems like it's about the first 30 minutes. If enough people like it and retweet it, it it like goes up higher and higher and higher and gets exposed to more and more people and and broadens out. So uh, that's, what's annoying is like, if you have that, that's, fucking hilarious the p-h-e-w that should be like pasted on everybody's walls right now but it's like unless enough i'll I'll do another tweet with it so that you can see it and then and then maybe we'll get it blasted and uh, yeah we'll start coordinating our tweets (laughs) i bet people do that i bet i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure yeah the other thing too that i want to do is uh is i'm gonna coin this here if somebody else said it before me then that's fine i don't care um but uh I was like talking to somebody and just like in my personal life about it. And I said that Bitcoin is the separation of purse and state. And I was like, Oh, that's going on a t-shirt. I was like, I'm making a t-shirt for that. Cause it's I true. think people have said that it's a separation of money and state, which it is. But like, um, I, I was talking about how, like, you know, the different houses of, you know, the government, one controls mm-hmm. the purse, one controls this. And, um, and I was like, so Bitcoin's really the separation of purse and state, you know, and it kind of like fits with the separation of church and state, you know, um, I don't know. No, it's true. It's accurate. And it's, it's, I, I, I think it's, it's just as important, if not more important than when we separated the church from the state, you got to take away power from the state. Otherwise the state continues to grow in its power and abuse of, of that tool. And I think that it's gotten to a point now where we just can't, we can't continue to allow, I mean, we're closing out here, but like I said, it's Bitcoin is the, I say Bitcoin is the greatest invention in human history because for the first time ever, we can defend ourselves from uh, those that want to abuse the money printers. And when inflation and the abuse of money and the debasement of money has been in and around some of the worst events in human history. I mean, just look at, just read the Bitcoin standard and you can see, you know, you get the rye stone, people got fucked. Um, The transatlantic slave trade happened mostly in part because of our ability to print glass or to create the glass Avery beads and just debase the crap out of their currencies. And and then you have uh, Hitler's rise to power because of what happened in Weimar Republic. So, I mean, the collapse of Rome, it's like, look at any bad thing that's ever happened, any major conflict. And it has probably happened because of monetary debasement. I know. I know. I've been telling people that and I say, you know, um, you should be really careful with everybody. Everybody needs to be very careful right now because um, we're kind of living a Weimar Republic thing. Um, It's possible. And then I was watching World War Two in color and um, and seeing how, um, you know, Hitler rose to power. 
um, and the fire that was set in the parliament. You know, he just used that to demonize his other side. And I'm not calling one side or the other Hitler. Sure. I'm just saying that there was the capital riots and it's certainly mm-hmm. being used to demonize people. Um, there was the riots in the cities all over the country and those are being used to demonize the left. So, um, you know, I've been telling people, yeah. you just got to be really careful right now because we're treading both sides are treading in dangerous territory. Um, you know, where, you know, it's becoming so tribal and, and uh, my listeners know I am like, I'm Ron Swanson political affiliation. I believe all government is mainly yep. uh, a waste and corrupt. And so, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. We'll have to have another the- episode about politics. Cause I'm a, I'm a big fan of politics. I'm a big fan of discussing them. And you seem like you have like a more like centrist perspective in the sense that you're not really like you, you just see government and, and as a whole, as a, as a problem. And I agree with that statement. Yeah. Like, uh, I actually, I actually interviewed, uh, Alex Gladstein yesterday and, um, oh, wow. and, uh, for the podcast. He, yeah. Yeah. That's and, awesome. um, I'm going to, I'm gonna have to get him on soon. He's, I love, I love what he puts out. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's so smart. And he, he was like, I'm, you know, a fan of the United States at the constitution. And then like, that's it. Like not beyond yes. that, you know? And I was like, dude, it's all downhill from there. I was like, dude, you are so right. Like that is, that is uh, true here. Want to see a live tweet to here. Let me see. Should I tweet this? I mean, this is going to be released probably in like a week or so. Um, but, uh, but I'll tweet, should I tweet and say Bitcoin is the separation of purse and state. And then underneath it put few with pH. Do you think, wait, oh, wait, are you going to tweet it right now? Or are you going to tweet it in a week? Yeah, I'll, you said? I'll tweet it right now. I'll, I'll, would it, do Bitcoin is, this is gripping podcast. So, Let me see. Let me go to your thing. The separation. Yeah, put it out. I mean, I'll retweet it if you put it out there. I can't even spell right. Separation. <laughs> That's right. Uh, You're supposed to spell it wrong, remember? Purse. <laughs> yeah, right. And state. And then I will put you um how can i misspell this separation because you have to do it so that it doesn't look like you're doing it on purpose uh you know who's really good at that is um if you ever listen to barstool sports um uh what's his name uh pft commenter Oh, oh no! I haven't seen his tweets. I'll, I'll have to look into it. Yeah. yeah, he's he's really good at it. Like he does it all the time. It fits his shtick. Um, so yeah, I'll just I'll tweet that now, and um, and we'll see. Maybe you guys will all have seen this tweet by then. If not, then another swing and a miss. And there we I go. Will, We're coordinating live coordination. Will, yeah, this is uh, this is how the 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 meets made. Um, so. <laughs> But uh, all right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, if you ever want to have me come in, I'll, you know, just send me in a DM or something. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hop into something if I have the chance, uh, if I'm not, you know, in the middle of pitching a T-ball game. Or there you go, Corey. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, thanks then, for having yeah. me on. I've had a, had a great time talking with you. I appreciate the, the laid back style of the interview and just the show in general. You keep going. Oh, dude, no, I appreciate it. And yeah, if you want to have me on, I've only, I, I'll admit, I only got to listen to like one and a half years. That's why I, I didn't get to yeah. ask you too much more beyond that. Um, because this past week's been crazy. T-ball season out of control. Um, we have a ton of games and 
<laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I have them uh, downloaded and ready to go. So I think I'd you'd be the first it. one to come on an official Bitcoin uh, podcast too. So I got to get you on because I seen you on those other guys's right. You, you were on that one and then you were on someone else's, but it wasn't an official yeah. Bitcoin focused podcast. Uh, what about, what other one was I on? I can't even was, remember at this point. The weirdest, the weirdest thing was whenever, um, whenever, so with Tebow, this one guy, one of the other coaches is um, a guy I went to high school with, you know, like both our kids are obviously the same age. And um, so we're both coaching Tebow and we were yeah. sitting there the one day talking and uh, he said, he was like, Hey, do you remember so-and-so from, uh, from high school? I was like, yeah. What? He's like, he called me the other day. He's like, were you on some like podcast called cash daddies? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, he called me. He's like, you remember Corey too? He's like, he was on like this comedian. I was like, that's bizarre because like, i i i like the producer life i like to sit in that comfy chair behind the monitor and have nobody know who i am so this is actually if people see like and think i'm like outgoing it's the complete opposite um i'm like super shy and terrified of of that if i get to know people then i'll be outgoing but like yeah i uh i'm not comfortable with being out there so but i'll come on your show because because uh, i like Do it you, so yeah appreciate it yeah you, well, um, I've been great to be on the show. I think it was a Bitcoin Audible that was the other one you were on. So that's technically you were on, right? Oh with, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, with Guy but it was Guy. But you were Guy was on yours, and it looks like he put the recording yeah, he up of YouTube he on his show. Mine. I, I told he asked if I if he could put it up. He was like, "Do you mind if I do that?" And I was like, "No, I mean, you know, get some exposure." And um, and uh, so I joked and said, "Like, I'm finally syndicated." Um, <laughs> so, um yeah but uh but yeah man uh and i look forward to it thanks for coming on i appreciate it thanks Corey. talk to you soon